0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute presented by Home Field Apparel. As always, I'm your host, Tommy Godin, and I am so glad to be back joining you all after a wonderful feast week. A very successful one, the Villanova Wildcats left us with a lot of things to be very thankful about. Coming home victorious from the Bahamas in the battle for Atlantis, picking up three huge wins over top 50 Ken Palm teams. We'll get into that in just a moment. After that, we will preview Wednesday night's matchup, the Holy War, against the St. Joseph's PA, University Hawks. Uh, And then we'll get into a little mailbag. So a full episode, I'm going to try and fly through things. There's a lot of stuff you guys already know uh, in regards to our feast week. But big preview coming up this week. Looking forward to diving into it. And with that, we will start with a quick recap of what happened in the Bahamas. Now, this gauntlet started out on uh, last Wednesday, November 22nd, with an 85-69 to 69 win over the Texas Tech Red Raiders, which going into the game, Texas Tech was outstanding uh, defensively. They still are, um, but they were ranked 8th in Ken Kenpom uh, for adjusted defensive efficiency. They moved back five spots, but still an outstanding, outstanding defensive team, uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So to put up 85 points, on a neutral site um, like that is, is extremely impressive from a team that really prides itself on defense and rebounding first and foremost, now offense. I don't want to say it's an afterthought, but it, it definitely comes second to uh, defense and rebounding when these guys are looking for things to emphasize on in practice. After that, they played an extraordinary game <clears throat> with the university of North Carolina, Tar Heels, another game, where they eclipsed the 80-point mark, 83-81 to victory in overtime against a team that's still ranked ahead of them in the AP poll and on Ken Palm. So, huge, huge win uh, in North Carolina. Eric Dixon, he looked outstanding against one of the best big men in the country. Top three, if you ask me. Um, Armando Baycott, all-time leader in North Carolina history in rebounding. Um, So I I don't think I can overstate enough uh, Eric Dixon's impact on that game. Um, Career high, 34 points, I believe it was. Uh, Just tremendous, tremendous uh, stuff from Eric Dixon. They wrapped it up with a win on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday win over Memphis and Javon Quinterly's uh, Tigers. Now, this game was the only game, believe it or not, that the Wildcats did not eclipse the 80-point mark in all three games in a row in uh, the Bahamas, which, I mean, if you were watching that game, I, I feel like they very easily could have went over that mark. They, they're taking their foot off the gas, and then there's whatever the Wildcats did in the second half of that game against Memphis. But nonetheless, 79-63 to took home the win. Uh, for the Wildcats, and there were a lot of things, uh, not to look forward to, but there were a lot of things to uh, take away from this that should have you feeling very good as a Wildcats fan moving forward. And the first thing to take away from this, at least what I took away from it, is their defensive effort. Uh, I was just listening to the Full 40 podcast, Listen to every episode uh, that those guys post, and Chris Bellotti, uh the host of that show, has been saying that uh, the ceiling for this defense is incredibly high, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, the first three games, you saw it. Uh, they were in a pillow fight with LeMoyne. It was 23-22. to 22. They were losing at one point in the first half. They still held LeMoyne to 57 points in that game, but they lost to Penn, uh, 76 points they gave up in that one. The 70-point mark we talk about all the time is generally uh, where games are won and lost for the Wildcats. Um, they've given up 70 points twice this year. They lost once, and... Uh, they won the other against North Carolina in overtime, but that wouldn't have mattered because North Carolina put up 70 in regulation anyway. But the defensive effort from the beginning of the season to now uh, is what my point is. I think they've really cranked it up. I think uh, Kyle Neptune's game plans have been exceptional. I think he, Ashley Howard, um, and and those guys, Dwayne Anderson and Mike Nardi, they deserve a ton of credit for the game plans. They went into the Texas Tech game They said, we know you can't shoot threes. Uh, If you're going to beat us that way, so be it. And they had an otherworldly shooting day from beyond the arc, but it still wasn't enough to beat Villanova. Um, They didn't give them anything in the paint at all. They had hands in the face from beyond the arc, but that was their game plan, and they executed it perfectly. I really think the defense and rebounding is coming along uh, very nicely. I think Tyler Burton's a huge part of that. Does a lot of things that don't show up in the scoreboard. The score sheet rather um, jumping over the trees to grab rebounds, playing help defense, kind of calling a lot of things out in the defense. Venn, that's what I see when I'm at the games personally. Um, is Tyler Burton talking and understanding that culture? That's why he plays as many minutes as he does. So it's good to see from there. Um, the next thing that I'm taking away from this game is the offensive output. Not just from Eric Dixon. Uh eighty-five, eighty-three, and seventy-nine points, like I mentioned. Um, that's outstanding. I mean, I just got done talking to Kyle Neptune right before I'm recording this. And he was telling me about how every game, every practice they go into, their emphasis is on defense and rebounding. Like I mentioned before in the show. Defense and rebounding. Offense isn't an afterthought, but if they feel they can lock down on the defensive end. The shots will fall. Um, they're getting out in transition more. The tempo is a little bit higher this year. Um, Eric Dixon is going to be a mismatch for a lot of the bigs. We'll get into it later uh, in the St. Joe's preview, but they're seven-footer, Crease uh, Condo. I'm pronouncing that, butchering that so poorly. Uh, St. Joe's fans, Creased, I apologize uh, in that regard. But I think he's Eric's going to be a mismatch. Uh in that regard, and uh, contrary to the announcer's <laughs> popular takes in the broadcast, uh, all throughout the battle for Atlantis, really, Eric Dixon does not struggle against Ryan Kalkbrenner. So um, he's going to be a mismatch for a lot of these teams, uh, bigger fives. And it's really something to look forward to. Villanova a lot of players that can hurt you. They're deep, they're extremely talented. And Some nights it's not going to be Eric's night. They're going to rely on Justin. They're going to go to Mark, who in the North Carolina game hit a really big shot down the stretch, and this coaching staff has all the confidence in the world in Mark Armstrong. Uh, We saw it at the end of the North Carolina game, and I think that's going to be a a trend that we're going to see continue through the end of the year. And I hope it's a trend that we continue to see through the end of the year because Mark deserves it. Anyone who's listening to this podcast or knows me knows how high I am on Mark Armstrong from – his athletic ability to his just basketball IQ. Um, I, I mean, we're a jump shot away from, from putting him in the first round pick in the NBA draft uh, discussions, in my opinion, but um, that takes time, uh, especially to, to convert that in a game and the best conference in college basketball. So that's a conversation for, for later this year, early next year, but, we need to move on to the preview section anyway, but before we do that, I need to tell you guys about my friends over at Home Field Apparel very briefly. Um, guys, the holidays are coming up, and look I, I got a lot of I got a lot of loved ones in my life that are Villanova fans, and some who aren't. Some who like to rep their alma mater, and that's okay because Home Field Apparel has you covered. They have a wide variety of teams, hats, t shirts, sweaters, hoodies, uh, these sweet new bomber jackets, whatever you need. Um, go check them out at homefieldapparel.com. Use code NOVAINSIDER at checkout. You'll get a nice little 15% discount. Nice little stocking stuffer for you. I know uh, these these holiday presents aren't cheap nowadays, especially with uh, prices the way they are now. So go use code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off. Nice little holiday deal. But That'll lead us nicely into our preview section of the show where the St. Joseph's Hawks will take their 4-2 and two record into the Finneran Pavilion for a date against the Villanova Wildcats, the Holy War, two teams that are very familiar with each other. Um, they faced each other last year at the Hagen Arena on Hawk Hill. Chris Arcidiacono had 14 points in that matchup, three of three from deep, um, which was nice. Brandon Slater led the Wildcats with 19 points, but it was Eric Reynolds who really went off, led all scores with a whopping 27 points. Lynn Greer played all 40 minutes in that contest as well, uh, notching 14 points and six assists of his own. Um, And those two will be back. They create a really formidable backcourt uh, with the Browns, Cameron Brown and Xavier Brown. Um, Xavier is a freshman local product, and Cameron is a senior. Um, Xavier Brown is going to be the X factor in this one. He is about as refined as you can find for a freshman coming into this contest. Um, six foot two, 165. He looks really good really early on. And um, him and another freshman, Creased uh, Essendoko, seven foot 285. I was talking about it earlier how um, he might have trouble guarding Eric Dixon, but there's a lot of people that might have trouble guarding Eric Dixon, uh, this season. That was not a knock on him. He is supremely talented. He's so versatile, smart with the ball, does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet does a lot of good things. I mean, he's smart. Uh, he's a European player. So he, he knows the team, uh, basketball aspect of things. And, um, that's a good thing to know (laughs) as a freshman. So, um, St. Joe's is coming into this game. Ken Palm's giving him an 8% chance to win this game. He, he predicts the final score to be 77 to 62. I don't see it being uh, that big of a, a a wash. I mean, St. Joe's offense on Ken Palm, the metrics don't love him. Uh, 206th on offensive efficiency. They tend to, if they get stagnant on the offensive end, they'll rely on the three ball a lot, which just isn't their game. I watched the Kentucky game. They took Kentucky, um, a very good Kentucky team, to overtime uh, in Rupp Arena. Kentucky uh, ended up pulling out that win, but uh, that's no small feat to go into Rupp and do that. So this is an extremely talented team looking to play spoiler uh, on Wednesday night. But to preview the game a little bit, looking at the Ken Palm rankings, um, there's one glaring statistic that pops out as in the points distribution uh, for St. Joe's. They're third in the nation uh, in three-pointer point distribution. 43.4% of their scoring comes from beyond the arc. I mean, they started their season strong, and they knocked down about 11 threes a game. Um, Villanova's two-point defense is really good, uh, but they've struggled on the perimeter. They're giving up about 8.6 three-pointers per game. Uh, to opposing teams. That's 310th in the country. Um, I know a lot of those stats are skewed from the the Texas Tech game where the game plan was to just let them rain threes on us. Um, But the perimeter defense in recent years has been concerning. So if Villanova doesn't guard the three ball well, St. Joe's will take those shots. And if they're making them, it could be a long night for the Wildcats, but they're going to watch film. They're going to have a game plan. They have for every game so far this year on extremely short notice in the Bahamas, like I mentioned earlier on in the year, uh, earlier on in the show, rather, excuse me. Um, this coaching staff, Nardi, Howard, uh, Anderson, and of course, Kyle Neptune at the helm. They've had a game plan. They've had that uh, they've executed to perfection in each of their first uh, few games in the first couple of weeks. I think being at home is going to be huge the Wildcats, I think they're going to have a plan. I think they're going to execute it. Um, this another year where they're shooting free throws extremely well at home. Uh, the line isn't out yet at time of this recording. I'm not here to give gambling advice, but um, whatever the Wildcats are favored uh, money wise, I, I I would just go I would just go money line. And what I mean by that is um, I don't expect Villanova to to have this blowout that. Um, Ken Palm and the ESPN BPI are predicting. This is a Big Five game. It means something. The winner of this goes to the championship game in the inaugural Big Five Classic. Uh, St. Joe's is going to be fired up coming in here. You saw their fans with the We Want Nova chant and banners. I know uh, the game day leader himself, Ryan Hartnett, uh, and and his cronies are going to have their own rollouts and and what have you. It's going to be pretty raucous in the Finneran Pavilion. For Wednesday night, I'm anticipating, but I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I, but I feel very confident that uh, the Wildcats will be able to execute their game plan uh, to the best of their ability here on Wednesday. But that will bring us to the mailbag portion of our show. I try to do this once a week where I interact with you guys on Twitter. I'll make a Google form and put it out, and you guys can respond to it. And I will get to it on the show if you have any questions from me directly. Uh, anything behind the scenes that you're itching to to get across. I received quite a few responses on this one this week, whether it be in my DMs or the Google form, but uh, I picked two out that I really liked that uh, I'm going to go with um, just to keep the, the show short and concise. So the first one I got uh, is a really fun one to answer. I don't know who asked this, but... Uh, they said, if you had to pick one Villanova alumni to drop in this current roster, who would it be? And you guys hit me up on, on Twitter. I, I don't – there's so many right answers. There's actually quite few wrong answers for this uh, specific question. My answer is Jalen Brunson. And, look, I try. I know. I know. I tried to go outside the box. Uh, I was thinking, like, a, a big man, um, Porter, Yaru, uh, someone like Javon Pinkston maybe. Uh, just a tough, hard-nosed uh, forward. Daniel O'Sheff a, a big... I was thinking something along the lines of that uh, to get outside the box, but, I mean, I, it just has to be Jalen Brunson. For as much as I love Mark Armstrong, Villanova has these stretches where they'll go 5, 6, in some cases, 10, 14 minutes without scoring a basket, and, and that just can't happen. And with Jalen, that never happened. and never would happen. He's the leader on the floor, um, you need a bucket. You give him the ball. Uh, you get him in the post. He's not a traditional point guard in that sense, where you say get in the post and and get out of the way. Um, my answer for that one's going to be Jalen Brunson, um, my favorite Villanova player of all time, uh, as well. So that's an easy one for me. But I, I try. I'm sorry. I tried to think out of the box, but it just it just has to be Brunson for me. And the last question I got was, what kind of impact do additions, parentheses, return of Baker, Dunleavy, Ashley, Howard, Fisher, what do they have? It's easy to correlate success with guys in the court, but I feel like they haven't received as much praise uh, for behind the scenes work. And you're absolutely right. I'm so glad that whoever asked this question asked it because they do not receive uh, as much credit as they should. A lot of these game plans, I mean, when you break it down, right, there's one person that has to scout the other team. Another has to come up with a game plan. And then there's recruiting um, that's all year round. There's no breaks. Baker Baker's good uh, with the recruiting, as is Dwayne Anderson. Mike Nardi as well. Um, Ashley Howard, uh, Fisher, what they do extremely well um, is they're helping the game plan. Uh, so... Replacing, I mean, the shoes of George Halkovich are not easy to fill, um, but these guys are doing an outstanding job. They have a rapport, as you know, you all know, they were here before, but that's what Villanova does. They, the, they're not big on external hires, uh, so bringing Ashley Howard back was uh, an absolute no-brainer, and I think it's paid dividends. I mean, you look at this team, and... You can just see, I mean, every game coming out of halftime, they have adjustments coming into the game. They have a game plan. They're executing it to the best of their abilities. I mean, Baker wasn't here last year. Um, Ashley wasn't here last year. Dwayne Anderson was, but you guys get the point. I mean, coming in, I I don't think that these guys get enough credit as they should for helping Kyle out. And I think Kyle should get a lot of credit as well. But it it goes from the video coordinator to the head coach. They deserve a ton of credit for everything they're doing behind the scenes. And and I'm so glad that you asked that question. But for sake of time, that's going to do it for us uh, for this episode. Thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, It was a bit of a bare bones episode. There was a lot to recap and I feel like that took up a lot of the time. But you all know about the Holy War. Uh, It's going to be raucous. It's going to be a great game. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, Hopefully Villanova comes out on the right way of things. that was a terrible joke. I apologize. So I'm going to see myself out. Thank you all for joining. I hope to see you all next episode.